Welcome to Music Notes. I'm Jess, reporting music trends of throwbacks, modern hits, and media. The 75th Primetime Emmys took place January 15, 2024. It was one of the best ceremonies I've watched, and lots of history occurred that night. One of them was music-related, unofficially contributing to an awards acronym spoken in 1984. Miami Vice actor Michael Philip Thomas coined the term EGOT if he'd win an Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and Tony. His Miami Vice role received a Golden Globes nomination in 1986, two NAACP Image Awards, and a People's Choice Award. Although he hasn't become an EGOT yet, the entertainment industry has kept track who have, and the latest celebrity to do so is Reginald Kenneth Dwight, also known as Elton John. To celebrate Elton John's recent hierarchy, I made a playlist representing the music he's won these trophies. You can hear it in the link that's posted in the episode info. So hold me closer to your speaker and let's take music notes. Elton John, Farewell from Dodger Stadium, just earned Outstanding Variety Special Live at the Primetime Emmys. That was a Disney Plus livestream concert, November 20th, 2022. Performing two and a half hours, he chose to conclude the American leg of his Farewell Yellow Brick Road tour, where he got his big break. In the middle of the show, Elton reminisced to the audience that Americans helped him become popular than his native country, the UK. The LA Times wrote up a great review of him singing at the Troubadour nightclub, then he got invited to perform Los Angeles baseball venue, Dodger Stadium. After selling out on two different announcement days back then, Elton John played about three and a half hours on October 25th and October 26th, 1975. Returning back there November 17th, 19th, and 20th of 2022, he outdid himself playing just as long, modernized a custom wardrobe change of wearing the Dodgers uniform again, and brought out three special duet guests, Brandy Carlisle, Kiki D, and Dua Lipa. Because it was on the same night as the American Music Awards, I didn't watch its first airing, but did see that he won Collaboration of the Year with his song Cold Heart featuring Dua Lipa. Finally getting to it now, I can tell you it's absolutely Emmy-worthy and still available to watch on Disney+. Seeing the diehard fans, the lighting, a couple gets engaged, also magical. Closing the set list with 1975's Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, Elton John brought out his husband David, their two sons, songwriting partner Bernie Taupin, and explained he's retiring for more family time. I picked that song to start this playlist for that swan song moment and the tour name, Farewell Yellow Brick Road. Referencing The Wizard of Oz's iconic pathway, Bernie Taupin wrote this song from his father's lecturing of pursuing songwriting over a decade with no luck. The chorus is, So goodbye, Yellow Brick Road, where the dogs of society howl. You can't plant me in your penthouse. I'm going back to my plow. Back to the howling old owl in the woods, hunting the horny-backed toad. Oh, I've finally decided where my future lies, beyond the yellow brick road. 
We're so glad Elton and Bernie stuck it out over 50 years together. Elton also inducted him into 2023's Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Of 1973 album, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, the title track charted number 7, Easy Listening, number 6 in the UK, number 2 on the Hop 100, number 1, U.S. Cashbox Magazine, and in Canada. Moving next to the Grammys, Elton John's first nominations were Best New Artist, Best Contemporary Male Vocalist, and his self-titled album for Album of the Year in 1971. Would you believe the first Grammy he won wasn't from his solo work and not until 1987? He's a credited feature artist on That's What Friends Are For with Dionne Warwick, Gladys Knight, and Stevie Wonder. According to a People Magazine 2019 article, Elton John was invited by Dionne Warwick the night before at the grocery store. Actress Elizabeth Taylor also made an appearance at the studio recording, asking her songwriting friends Burt Bacharach and Carol Bayer Sager to write a charity single for AIDS. Dionne Warwick got her start with Burt Bacharach and Hal David's compositions in the 1960s and reunited singing That's What Friends Are For. Remaining a successful moving song, the American Foundation for AIDS Research grossed $3 million of its proceeds. President Ronald Reagan awarded Dionne Warwick as an honorary ambassador of health, publicly opening up about the epidemic it became in the 1980s. On That's What Friends Are For's track, Stevie Wonder plays his harmonica, then Dionne Warwick leads with Gladys Knight, Stevie Wonder, and Elton John jumping in throughout the song. The chorus says, keep smiling, keep shining, knowing you can always count on me, for sure. That's what friends are for. For good times and bad times, I'll be on your side forevermore. That's what friends are for. A music video was filmed showing this special moment, especially Elton John's participation for the gay community. Burt Bacharach and Carol Bayer-Sager earned Song of the Year at the Grammys, the artist's name, Dion and Friends, won Best Pop Performance by a Duo or Group with Vocal. I love every bit of it. Rod Stewart originally recorded That's What Friends Are For on 1982's Night Shift soundtrack. This collaborative 1986 cover hit number 16 in the UK, number 1 in Australia, Canada, the US Hop 100, R&B, and Pop Charts. Bosk is a classical instrumental piece that Elton John wrote in 1980 and won Best Instrumental Composition at 1992's Grammys. I listed it as this playlist's third song from James Galway's 1991 album, The Wind Beneath My Wings. Conducted by Vincent Fanuele, James Galway plays the flute and Elton premiered Bosk on the piano. It'd probably be categorized nowadays in the New Age genre sounding dramatic and airy. Sometimes James Galway's flute drowns out Elton's piano playing with the string orchestra, but I do recommend taking a listen. 
James Galway just turned 84 last month and was knighted in 2001 to play the Queen Elizabeth's birthday honors. I'm surprised Elton John hasn't played boss since and wonder if he ever will publicly. I know it's way laid back than when we're used to hearing from him, but I'm sure the fans would be entertained and would like to know why he wrote about the southern part of Spain. Setting a similar tone of mellower piano ballads, Elton John would earn two more Grammys he melancholy croons. Bernie Taupin wrote Candle in the Wind in 1973, tributing the loss of actress Marilyn Monroe. Her legal name is sung in the opening line, Goodbye, Norma Jean, and in 1997, a rewritten version eulogized the second loss of Elton John, Princess Diana Spencer Windsor. Late ex-wife of now King Charles III, Mother to their sons, William and Harry, Diana died as a passenger of a chauffeured car she was in with Harrods department store owner's son, Dodi Alfied, and his bodyguard who survived on August 30, 1997. Attempting to flee from paparazzi chasing Diana and Dodi, their driver, Henri Paul, lost control into a Paris tunnel, crashed at 121 miles per hour, posthumously revealed later he was under the influence. I remember that tragedy televised for weeks, watched the funeral, and my memory of people mourning her on practically every channel. When school returned, I purchased a biography from the book orders they were offering and did a report on her life. A global PSA reminder about the accident was the importance of wearing a seatbelt. Dodi Alfied's bodyguard went into a coma, had to get his face reconstructed, but is believed to have lived because he was the only one in the car wearing a seatbelt. On behalf of the royal family, Virgin Group CEO Richard Branson asked Elton John to perform at Princess Diana's funeral. Bernie Taupin composed new lyrics retitled Candle in the Wind, 1997, got sung September 6, 1997, and turned into an international single the following week. Goodbye, England's Rose. May you ever grow in our hearts. You were the grace that placed itself where lives were torn apart. You called out to our country, and you whispered to those in pain. Now you belong to heaven, and the stars spell out your name. And it seems to me you lived your life like a candle in the wind, never fading with the sunset when the rain set in. And your footsteps will always fall here along England's greatest hills. Your candles burned out long before your legend ever will. Loveliness we lost, these empty days without your smile, this torch will always carry for our nation's golden child. And even though we try, the truth brings us to tears. All our words cannot express the joy you brought us through the years. So poetic and beautiful. Bernie Taupin outdid himself twice, honoring two beautiful blondes gone too soon. Freaky that Marilyn Monroe and Diana each died 36 years old in August. August 4, 1962 and August 31st, 1997. Awarded Best Male Pop Vocal Performance at 1998's Grammys, Candle in the Wind, 1997, charted number 12 Adult Top 40 Radio, number 2 Adult Contemporary, and number 1 Globally. Netflix series The Crown is loosely based on the royal family Diana married into.
going to overlap multiple awards and generations about a Disney classic. Can You Feel the Love Tonight is from 1994 animated movie The Lion King, having two versions on the soundtrack. Before I get into that, I'll first explain The Lion King's plot in case you're unfamiliar. Taking place in Africa, a lion cub named Simba is born heir to the throne of Pride Rock's kingdom. His uncle Scar is jealous taking away that power from him under his brother Mufasa and sets up to murder him. Even worse, Scar used Simba in the process, making him believe he was at fault of Mufasa's death. Ordering him to run away and never return, Scar steps up as king and Simba grows up away from home. Years later, a lioness named Nala seeks help to restore Pride Rock and reunites with her best friend, Simba. Transforming their long distance into love, Can You Feel the Love Tonight is sung in that imaginary context by the two of them and Simba's newer guardians, Timon and Pumbaa. That version's chorus says, Can you feel the love tonight? The peace the evening brings. The world for once in perfect harmony with all its living things. At the credits, Elton John extends the chorus with different lyrics and meaning. And can you feel the love tonight? Tonight, it is where we are. It's enough for this wide-eyed wanderer that we got this far. And can you feel the love tonight? Tonight, how it's laid to rest. It's enough to make kings and vagabonds believe the very best. I interpret Elton's advising Simba to remember Mufasa spiritually despite what had happened. In a way, it's like how Mufasa's medicinal confidant Rafiki was emphasizing this to Simba in the last half of the film. I cannot believe The Lion King turns 30 this summer. Back then, my mom and I saw it in the theaters and I found out on the way that I was going to become a big sister. We repeated history seeing 2019's Lion King reboot, Just the Two of Us. My baby brother was born about a year after the original and now is a newlywed. So The Lion King truly is a special piece of my childhood, as well as listening to contemporary arrangements done in kids' movie soundtracks. Disney was on a high streak since 1989's The Little Mermaid and kept it going with Elton John composing The Lion King's vocal songs, Two direct-to-video sequels followed, The Lion King 2, Simba's Pride, The Lion King 1 and a Half, and has been adapted to Broadway since 1997. For a serious-sounding song in a children's movie, Can You Feel the Love Tonight and title, Shown Through. It won Best Male Pop Vocal Performance at the Grammys, Best Original Song at the Oscars, and Golden Globes. I didn't know until now that the backup singers on the liner notes are Rick Astley, Take That's lead singer, Gary Barlow, and Elton's duet partner on Don't Go Breaking My Heart, Kiki D. I have to see if I can make out their voices hearing it back. The single charted number 14 in the UK, number 4 on the Hot 100, and number 1 adult contemporary for 8 weeks. A second time Elton John won Best Original Song Awards was for his 2019 biopic, Rocket Man. I find the acting approach so clever, incorporating his music, rehabilitation, and anticipated turning into an off-screen musical someday. 
Rocket Man revolves around an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting that Elton John attended in the 1980s. Showing flashbacks to the viewer as he's telling his stories, the people in his life sing the moments to certain songs from his catalog. Actor Taron Egerton did a great job playing Elton, winning Best Actor at the Golden Globes, Critics' Choice Awards, and shares the honor of a new song with Elton John in Rocket Man's credits. I'm Gonna Love Me Again is an upbeat gospel-like power ballad, letting go the partying days of the past and proud to overcome a much happier outlook. Elton and Taryn sing, I'm Gonna Love Me Again, check in on my very best friend, find the wind to fill my sails, rise above the broken rails, unbound by any ties that break or bend. I'm free, and don't you know? No clown to claim he didn't know me then. I'm free, and don't you know? Oh, 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 I'm gonna love me again. I saw Rocket Man in the theaters with my parents, would have liked to seen them mention more later achievements Elton did after the 80s, but had a feeling this duet was gonna do great. The music video is a cool montage, which I linked in the title notes so you can see. I'm in the mood to watch this movie as a refresher and want to know your critique. Winning Best Original Song at the Oscars, Golden Globes, Critics' Choice, and Satellite Awards, I'm Gonna Love Me Again charted number 12 Adult Contemporary and number 3 Dance Club Songs. The literal curtain call to our EGOT playlist comes from award-winning Broadway musical, Aida. It's adapted from a late 1800s Italian opera pronounced Aida. Attempting to free herself and willing to speak her mind, she and her friends are spared by the young Egyptian captain, Radamus. To keep a close eye on Aida, Radamus assigns her to wait on Egypt's princess, Amneris. What the audience discovers is two royal secrets— Radamus' father, Zoser, has gradually spiked Amneris' father's drinks so he can encourage Radamus and Amneris to settle their nine-year betrothing within a week. The other royal secret? Aida is Nubia's princess to Egypt's rival and got captured by being with her friends. One of Zoser's servants, Merib, recognized her from their childhood before he was captured when they were younger. As Radamis expresses he had more time to explore, Aida shares the same dream without disclosing her reason, and they start an affair. While all these storylines clash, Aida's father also gets captured, and she begs Radamis to free him. For a moment to escape a visit into Nubia, Aida sings peace for them. Asking Merib's help to see her imprisoned father, they develop an escape plan to occur when Radamis marries Amneris. Prior to the wedding, Radamis learns his father's intentional plans and Amneris eavesdropped Aida's affair with her fiancé when they conversed in her room. Out of anger, Zoser stabs Merib, who helped Aida trying to sail off with her father, but she stays behind. Soldiers tried finding Aida to prevent her to steal Radamis' heart away. Unfortunately, her friend Nehebka declared she was her and gets executed. Thinking Aida and Radames will build a future, they're instead sentenced due to their affair and Amneris vengefully chooses the punishment. Placing them together in a shared tomb, Radames sings a final breath they'd be together again, somehow. 
The twist of Aida's ending ties into the opening scene of people looking around an Egyptian museum exhibit. A man and a woman suddenly walk towards each other and reveal to be in reincarnation of Radami's and Aida's love. What a story, huh? Can't see Aida's two-faced logo without thinking that final scene. I watched a video of the Broadway version online, actually had the opportunity meeting the star, Heather Headley, back in high school. My chorus class got tickets to see a preview showing of Tarzan's Broadway show, and I think a former graduate scheduled a choral session in New York City's Chelsea neighborhood. Heather sang the God's Love Nubia to us, practicing for Aida's tour, and taught us how to sing it in four vocal ranges, soprano, alto, bass, and tenor. I can sing soprano and alto. My teacher preferred me leading the alto section. They'd be commercials advertising Aida's theater showings, never had the chance to look into the musical until now. A few weeks later at our spring concert, my chorus class sang Tarzan's You'll Be In My Heart and Aida's The God's Love Nubia. I've selected The God's Love Nubia to end on a high note in its typical Elton John flamboyant rock pizzazz. Aida sings it at the end of Act 1, promising Nubian freedom through war. The chorus says, The gods love Nubia. We have to keep believing. Though scattered and divided, we are still its part. The fall of Nubia, ephemeral and fleeting. The spirit always burning, though the flesh is torn apart. Nehebka chimes in the duet with the villagers. You heartbreakingly see later that she was the one who risked her life for Aida. Experienced success with The Lion King, Elton John and lyricist Tim Rice wrote Aida's American Show Tunes. In its first Broadway run, they earned Best Musical Show Album at the Grammys and Best Original Score at the Tonys. Aida also won Tonys for Best Scene Design, Best Lighting Design, Heather Headley as Best Actress in a Musical, and she got a Drama Desk Award as Aida. Elton John got nominated a second best original score Tony in 2009 for Billy Elliot. I'd like to also shout out Adam Pascal's acting and singing as Radamus, who I recognize playing Rent's character Roger on Broadway and 2005's movie. My cousin and I are huge fans of that musical and his performance too. Acclaiming EGOT status at 76, Elton John deserves the honor as the 10th recipient to solely earn each of those awards in music and humbly wrote up an acceptance speech on his social media. We won an Emmy and I am on cloud nine. Receiving this recognition is a testament to the passion and dedication of everyone involved and I am so deeply grateful. Whilst I am gutted that I couldn't be there to accept this award in person, I recently underwent a knee operation a general reminder, perhaps, of a lifetime spent jumping off pianos. My heartfelt thanks goes out to the Academy and all those who took the time to vote. This award reflects the collective effort and creativity of an amazing team. A special acknowledgement goes to the exceptional band and the entire crew of the Farewell Yellow Brick Road Tour. Your commitment and talent have always been the driving force that keeps our incredible fans entertained night after night. Thank you to all the fans, friends, and collaborators who have supported me throughout the years. Honored to have joined the hallowed ranks of EGOP winners, here's to the joy of music and the magic it brings to our lives. 
I couldn't be happier for him and have more exciting news. Fans and readers can relive Farewell Yellow Brick Road's tour in an upcoming book. Elton John confirmed this on his website, expected to come out September 20th. Looks spectacular. You can pre-order it on store.eltonjohn.com. Here are the EGOT playlists and content I've shared in this episode's description. An important update to our Google Podcast listeners, the streaming platform will be ending in March. Our episodes are there for now, but I've transferred it to its replacement, YouTube Music, where you should be getting alternate access. Any questions or feedback on that, email musicnoteswithjess at gmail.com. Remember to also follow our social media pages on Facebook, X, and Instagram. For the rest of you, thanks for listening on many streaming platforms. Let me know which of these songs and media you like the best. I'm Jess. Next episode is one of my favorite times of the year. The Grammys! I cannot wait. The add-on surprises are getting me crazy. What I got queued up are prediction winners to some of its popular categories. Coming to you next weekend. Talk to you then. <laughs>